Do you have enormous student loans from nursing school? Are you really racking your brain about what to do in terms of your debt and move on with your life and your career and be financially healthy? Well, we are talking with Travis Hornsby of studentloanplanner.com, and we're going to be digging deep into how to manage and decrease your debt from student loans right here on episode 211 of The Nurse Keith Show. And hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful as always that you're listening, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the airwaves for months and possibly years. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, information, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, head on over to nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 211. Can you believe it? 211? Well, Today, we are talking about money, money and student loans, and we're here with Travis Hornsby from studentloanplanner.com. We'll talk more about his story and who he is very shortly, but Travis, first, welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for having me on, Keith. Thanks for being here, and you know, y'all reached out to me because you work with people who are trying to get out of massive student loan debt, and There's so many things to understand about finances, and you're a finance guy. So what's the first step of what you've characterized as the five steps on tackling your nursing school debts? Like, What's the first thing somebody needs to do? I would say the first thing is you got to figure out exactly what you owe. Oh, gosh. And and, and, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a little scary, but it's not as bad as you might think. So there's this website called nslds.ed.gov. And the NSLDS website, you can log in and figure out exactly what kind of student loan debt that you have. You can also put that into Google if you can just remember those five uh, letters, NSLDS, and you'll you'll find that's the National Student Loan Database System. That's what it stands for. So you'll find out what you have if you can log into that site. So if you've borrowed in the past 20 years, you'll be able to log into that site and see exactly what you have for federal loans. For private loans, you know, you might have to, you know, look at your credit report to do that. So you can do that for free. Uh, I think there's annualcreditreport.com that you can use to get a free credit report from the credit bureaus once a year. And if and you have any you know private student loan debt, it's going to show up on that uh, credit report. So that's the first step is to know exactly what you have. Aha. So nslds.gov? Uh, so, so I think it's .ed.gov. Uh, but the best thing for people to do is probably just to to, to Google it. National student loans. Okay. We will put some of that in the show notes for a li- any listener who wants to check it out and might not remember what we're saying right now. We'll have it in the show notes. And so that's the first step is we want to know how much we owe. And, and of course, as a financial person, you would probably say, you should always know how many loans you have out and how much it is. But I think a lot of people lose track, right? While they're in school well, and then they graduate. Oh, yeah. People have no idea what they have in school. The generally when people know what they have is about, you know, probably like a six months to a year after they've graduated, that's when they first realize exactly what they have. Because when you graduate, 
unless you have an active plan, mm-hmm. most people let their loans go into the grace period, which means your, your loans are in grace for six months after you graduate. So if this beautiful, you know, blissful six months after you have your degree, you kind of forget that you even have debt, right? Until about, you know, maybe four or five months in, you get a, a letter in the mail from, you know, your servicer. So you'll get a letter from Navient or Fed Loan Servicing or right. you know, someone like that. And then it'll say, by the way, <laughs> remember your education cost something. Remember Surprise. that $83,000? Um, you got to pay us back now. Right, exactly. So you'll yeah. get that in the mail, right? And so then they'll they'll tell you, you need to sign up for something. And so most people are going to look at that and they're going to say, oh gosh, you know, uh, can I just pay based on my income? That's the most popular thing that people do. Okay. And since- since 2010, people have really generally only taken out federal student loans instead of private student loans, which was kind of the, the main funding mechanism beforehand. Or, you know, also they had bank guaranteed or government guaranteed bank loans that right. they would do. Right. So the, the system really changed heavily in 2010. Now, okay, that change where people went from private loans to a lot of government funded loans. So was that a good change from your perspective? It's both good and bad. Okay. It's 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 better from the sense of people not having their finances, you know, ruined because of their decisions with their education. So if you have federal student loans, uh, I don't care how bad they are. I've never seen someone's finances being been wrecked from government only student loans, and that's because government student loans are at their very worst. They're a tax and not a debt because you have to pay a percentage of your income, right? Okay. So say I have, this has never been the case for any of our nursing clients, but if you have 400,000 of student loan debt, right? And you make 60,000 a year, you're going to pay three or $400 a month, whether or not you have 400,000 or if you have 40,000, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, that's, that's kind of an interesting thing about because that means there's no connection to the price of your degree and what you're paying for it. I see. Right. Right. That makes sense. And this stuff can be really complicated to a lot of us who aren't really financially oriented. Like my brain might start to melt any minute now, but at least you're here and you can rescue me and throw me a life raft. Okay. So before we get into the other four steps on how to begin to tackle nursing school student loans, you're wife is a physician, right? So she went to medical school and you realized how, what what did you say? How ridiculously complex her entire loan situation was and how, how could she make prudent decisions about paying back her loan? So can you tell us a little bit of that story? And you don't have to reveal any of your personal finances, of course, unless you want to, but can you tell us what happened and how did that spark this idea and make make this all come about? Yeah, I mean, she had about one hundred twenty thousand of debt, which was actually very low for for most physicians. You that know, most sounds low. Peak, yeah, I mean, she, she got some help from her, you know, first generation immigrant parents, and you know, as a lot of people do, and and they try to chip in anything they possibly could to keep her debt load as low as possible. And then she graduated, and then I realized, you know, I thought. Well, okay, we'll just pay this back. It'll be real straightforward. You know, we we have debt. You pay it back. That's what you, that's what you do, right? That's what they all say in the media. You have debt, get out of debt, right? True. Especially if it's not a mortgage. True. But the problem is, is there's all these forgiveness programs. And I began to look into this. And then I realized that with her situation, she had had uh, seven years of training where she had been making these payments based on her income of, you know, 
a, you know, a few hundred dollars a month. And uh, that meant that in reality, you know, this public service loan forgiveness program would forgive her loans tax free at the end of 10 years of payments based on her income. Hmm. So, and those payments, if you're on the right plan can even get capped where they're not going to be over a certain amount of money. So her payments should have been capped at about 1200 a month. And so by my math out of the, you know, 120 something thousand that she had, you know, for an additional few years of payments, we'd have over left over about 80,000 that should have been forgiven tax free. And so then suddenly paying back your debt looks like a really bad decision, right? And so then we applied for this program and and Keith you're not going to believe it, you know, we got a piece of mail back from Fed Loan and it said congratulations, you've made 1 month out of the 120 months of payments that you need to make to get your loans forgiven under this program, at least on part of the loans. 120 months. Okay. 120 months. So that's that's 10 years worth of monthly yeah. payments, right? Right. Yeah. So she'd made these payments for seven years. And then we find out that, you know, when we applied for this, you know, it's like I got so excited because I thought that we had this thing that was going to forgive two thirds of her debt. And then I applied for it with her. And then we found out that she wasn't even like going to get it at all because of the bad advice that she got when she was in training. Mm. So she she got some bad advice around, you know, managing her loans back when she was in training. And it basically caused us to not get, uh, you know, anything forgiven. And so not to say that, you know, I want to go cry about it because, you know, we're fine. Like, you know, there's, you know, we, we don't necessarily deserve forgiveness or anything and I, I wouldn't ask for it. But at the same token, if, if the program exists, I very strongly believe that people should always take advantage, you know, lawfully of whatever programs out there exist. Otherwise, you're just paying taxes to fund things that are other people are using. Right. Absolutely. So, right. So so that's what we, we try to utilize it, you know forthrightly and we failed because the program was so complex and I thought goodness this is a situation where if somebody had just had a conversation with her instead of paying back the full 124 she could have gotten 80,000 forgiveness residents make you know about the same as nurses right residents make about 60,000 or so and so she literally could have saved and you know take home pay for a nurse maybe it's like you know 40 45k so she could have almost saved 2 years worth of salary as a resident if she had simply got the right advice for a, an hour conversation a few years ago uh, prior to me meeting her. And I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that's just totally wrong that that, <sighs> that level of a financial impact could have happened for somebody just based off of getting bad advice. That is ridiculous. So you founded studentloanplanner.com so that people can come to you and you charge a fee to help them navigate this so they don't make similar errors. Right. Correct. Um, Correct. And my brain did melt a little from that explanation. I'm going to have to go back and listen again because, <laughs> you know, money and stuff, I just like my brain starts to malfunction and I'm a business person. Go figure. So you founded this. And then did you start working first with um, like medical school graduates or did you kind of begin reaching out across the board? Well, we started, I, I was a blogger at the time because oh, okay. I had walked away from my bond trader career just to, you know, for my mental, mental health and sanity. Right. Good and, for you. uh, <laughs> all, I mean, and, and I was just having fun and blogging. And so I started, well, let me blog about these weird, complicated repayment programs. Cause I built a model that I used to figure out whether or not we should go for forgiveness for my, for my wife. Yeah. And, and so I released that and it went viral and all these people started reaching out to me for help. And I said, well, it looks like this is where my talents could actually be of some use, uh, versus just sort of, 
you know, churning bonds and making money and, you know, not having as much of a connection to my purpose. Wow. So, um, okay. so we started, we started doing that. So it was, it was very mission driven kind of focus. And so what we started to do is, uh, I started giving a lot of advice to mostly dentists, veterinarians, and physicians early on, because that's the people who have the biggest debt loads, who the pain is the most severe. Hundreds um, of thousands generally, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like a, a nurse, like the, the, the danger with for nurses is honestly that they wouldn't, they, they feel the pain a little bit, but not so much where they're motivated to do anything about it, where they uh -huh. get a plan, right? So, cause you go, oh, 60K, like, yeah, it's a lot, but I'll eventually pay it off. So, you know, but that, but that 60K, you know, you could potentially have half of that forgiven if you set up the right plan. You know, and if you and if you don't set up the right plan, you'll pay the full thing off. So 30k, that's a car. And so what what we did, I'll try to simplify it a little bit to to avoid the brain melt because I know that you know my wife's not into money and finances, and so I know that the what the feeling is like out there for yeah, folks that that's not melting brains are messy when they start leaking out your ear and everything. So yeah, well, so to to, to, <laughs> to be fair, if I if I had to place an IV line, I'm pretty sure I would melt someone's brain, you know, and and fair, literally and just figuratively. Okay. So, uh, you know, so touche, but <laughs> so, so let's say that for these forgiveness programs, basically all a nurse has to think about is, is it worth it to pay 10% of what you make a year to have your loans completely go away after 10 years of doing that? Does that make sense? Sure. Right. Like you, you lose 10% of your income to the government, you know, and they say, okay, you're good with your loans if you make that payment. And at the end of the 10 years of service, you know, your loans are wiped. Now that's only if you work at a nonprofit hospital system. That was or my next question. Yeah, right. a government system. So if you work at HCA, which is a for-profit hospital chain, you do not qualify for this. Mm -hmm. So right? you can't work, can you work for the VA? Yes, you can. That's a government that's employer, government. right? And then, you, so like someone who works for the IHS, the Indian Health Service? Or that would qualify. if they work in a federally qualified health center in, um, you know, rural New Mexico, for instance. Yeah. Well, here's where here's where those programs get confusing. So okay. right actually before the before this this uh, podcast, I had a consult for a physician in uh, like Appalachia, right? And so she is eligible for a couple different programs. She's she's eligible for the PSLF program, which is run through the Department of Education, and then she's also eligible for some of these federally qualified, you know, forgiveness programs, kind of like uh, you know, the NHSC, the National Health Service Corps, and some of these mm -hmm. other programs. And these programs are run through the Department of Health and Human Services, right? The same you know department that manages Medicare and that kind of thing. Yeah. So the problem is, unfortunately these two departments don't really coordinate at all on on their forgiveness efforts which means that somebody could be eligible for multiple forgiveness programs at once and not even know it so and that's, that's common i'm assuming right common. that's super it is. common well yeah okay. because people don't think people don't like think about this kind of thing proactively like you don't if you think about that that, that you're you're extraordinarily interested in 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 your finances and money if you just happen to think like, what kind of forgiveness programs could I be eligible for? Right. Mm -hmm. No, nobody, well, most people don't tend to type that into Google. Some people do, but you know, most people just live their lives and try to pay their bills and try to put a little bit away in savings. And that's the extent of which they think about finances because other things are rightfully more important. Right. right. And then you might have a physician like your wife gets out of school and then Maybe that physician has some children and then those children are going to college. So like you're taking out some more loans and then things get even more complicated when you have multiple family members and 
We both know life in the 21st century is complicated and can often be very expensive depending on where you live. Right. And, and, and just, you know, my, my mom's a nurse and she was a nurse for 30 years and retired recently. And, yeah. and her experience was so different because she got her employer to pay for school while she was going for part of it. Uh, she only had to pay maybe like a thousand or $2,000, I think for the entire cost of her degree. I mean, it was just dirt cheap back in those days. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the tuition for in-state, you know, where she lived. And uh, now that same person might come out with you know, like my mom was going to nursing school today, she'd probably come out with thirty to sixty thousand in debt. And that's if she didn't go back to one of these accelerated type programs. You know, for for a lot of the nurses that we deal with, kind of surprisingly have debt ranges in the hundred to hundred fifty thousand dollar range. Ooh. And this is for nurses that are not even nurse practitioners. Most of them are, are nurses that went and got, you know, bachelor's degrees after kind of you know, already having one. So they went back for an accelerated nursing program or they went back for a master's degree that you could go directly into nursing. And so there's a lot of these universities that are coming out with these kind of programs because they're one, helpful to get people into a great career, but two, because they make the university a ton of money. You know, it's a dual purpose, right? Gosh, great. And so, yeah, so these, I'm seeing these people with really large debts. And so that's a lot of the nurses you know, that we speak with. We also speak with nurse practitioners, you know, but, but those folks, obviously they have even more years of training where they're paying tuition for even longer. So their debt, you would expect it to be larger. Like for a nurse, you'd kind of expect the debt to be, you know, maybe one times income or less, but we're just seeing a lot of different things happening for a lot of the nurses we talk to. Yeah. And this is an issue because like I said, life is expensive and, and nurses don't always make that much money depending where they are. But if they're making more, like most industries, if they're in the Bay Area or New York or Boston, they're also having much higher cost of living. So they're not necessarily making a whole lot more in real money than someone who lives in Pittsburgh or Tulsa. So there's there's a lot of factors here. And my understanding is that you're a, it's called a chartered financial analyst, right? A CFA rather than a certified financial planner, right? Right, right. So, so that credential is, tends to be associated more with people who manage uh, portfolios for really large in, investment firms. Right. So, so that was my bond trader background. So I will say that of the consultants that we have on the team right now, uh, everyone besides myself does have the certified financial planner designation. And, and, uh, those are the folks that deal with the zero to 200 K in debt. So Lauren and, and Justin both would work with most of the nurses out there because most every, most every nurse has below 200,000 of, of student loan debt. Right. So pretty much. For, yeah. Yeah. For, so for most nurses and that, that's like a $300 fee. That's the, the one-time flat fee. Right. And then when people have higher debt, that's when they we tend to have them work with you know even more experienced consultants on the most complex things if that makes sense. Okay. So for your average nurse listening right now who either just graduated or is graduating or whatever they have loans if they come to studentloanplanner.com and they sign up with you and have a consult or whatever it's a $300 flat fee and that's it, right? For you to help Correct. them come up with a plan. And when they have the plan from you, what does that plan entail? So what can a listener expect to receive in, in return for that $300? That's a great question. So let's let's do an example off the top of my head. So I'm not putting this into my calculator. I'm just going to do it off the top of my head. So we'll say a, a nurse has 80000 of student debt. 
and okay. she is graduating nursing school with you know her her degree and and she's going to uh, work at a not for profit university hospital system right right and so so what we'll assume is that she is not interested in getting going back to school for like a nurse practitioner program or something that she just wants to you know stay as an RN and not not take that other step so okay. in that case what we would say is if you're if you've just graduated you can consolidate and get payments of zero dollars a month for 12 months that will count towards the 10 years of, of credit the reason is because you can utilize before you graduate or right after you graduate before your first paycheck you can legally say you have no income right because you sure. haven't collected your paycheck yet right so if you're going to pay based on your income we're going to make sure that you get set up to pay based on your income that's most advantageous to the extent that we can and that it's legal, you know? So, so that $0 a month payment will, will count towards the, the 10 years. And then also instead of having six months of grace period, you'd have two months of grace period, but that wouldn't matter because you'd have a $0 payment. In fact, what that would do is get your loans forgiven four months sooner than if you had not hired us. Right. So that's a consolidation. That's what that's called. Yeah. And Okay, and this is yeah, something and, one of us would have a very hard time figuring out ourselves. Well, no, but yeah, think. and nobody needs to pay to do that. And and by the way, there's a lot of places that will call you from sort of scammy kind of sounding names, yeah. and that's all they do is they consolidate your loans for you and get you signed up for a, a plan. And that's not the the main value, in my opinion. That's that's certainly part of the value. You certainly mm -hmm. can save money doing that, but you need to understand what's going on with your specific situation, that's what the value is, right? So the next thing that I would do is show them what the payments will look like over time based on their income. Mm -hmm. So I'll say, okay, your payment is probably going to be after this initial zero period is probably going to be between two and 400 a month, you know? So that's pretty good to pay two to 400 a month on an $80,000 loan. Yeah, it's not bad, right? right? It's not bad. So you'll pay total over 10 years, maybe $30,000, let's say. Um, so you pay thirty thousand, but you owe eighty, which means that you're going to get a lot of that forgiven. And you know, we'll also talk about retirement savings. You know, how you can potentially lower your student loan payments by putting money into retirement savings. Hmm. We'll talk about other things about their finances, like maybe you've thought about buying a house, maybe you've thought about buying a car, maybe you need to have us look at your emergency fund and see if your emergency fund is is set up or if you still have some credit card debt left over from nursing school that you need to clean up. So our, our intent, kind of like nurses look at the whole patient and think about whole patient care, we think about that for, for nurses. We care about your entire you know, life, not just the one part, which is the student loans. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's what we focus on. That's what the, the the theme of the consult is, is getting the right plan for the student loans. But what we want to do is make you walk away feeling empowered, like you know exactly what's going on, instead of just feeling like you're kind of wandering around in the dark in a fog, you know, <laughs> trying to do the best you can. And so that's, that's what the intended purposes is. And if somebody has mm -hmm. a problem affording that, we have a cheaper plan. It's, it's a course that people can do it yourself with. And that's cheaper, but you know what I find is is most people uh, much prefer to pay the extra, you know, couple hundred bucks and work with actual human where they Absolutely. don't have to just kind of figure it out by themselves. Yeah, and this is complicated stuff. And so, yeah, if you have time and you want to do it, that sounds great. Not what I would choose to do. And you were talking about empowerment, and you have. Let's see. You said you have consulted on over half a billion dollars in student loans. You bring all of your bond trading 
of billions of dollars, all that savvy, that financial savvy you have to this work. And you've had over 1,500 clients and saved them over $80 million on their loans. So that's fantastic. And when we come back from the break, we are going to continue those five steps on how to tackle nursing student loan debts, how to deal with that overwhelming amount of debt, and then how to achieve financial independence. So don't touch that dial. And we will be right back after the break to dig even deeper with Travis Hornsby of studentloanplanner.com. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. And we're back. Thanks for hanging out here on episode 211 of the Nurse Keith Show at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 211. We're talking with Travis Hornsby of studentloanplanner.com and we are digging deep into money. And yes, my brain has almost melted several times. It might be completely decimated by the end of this episode, but you, dear listener, will have everything you need to make some prudent decisions, especially with the help of Travis and his team. So Travis, before the break, we were talking about your story and your wife going to medical school and you taking your savvy from the finance world and applying it now to student loans, and you've helped so many people. And we were breaking down a little bit when my brain started to melt about all of this stuff around loans and the things that most of us just don't know. And we're probably not going to find out unless we're super savvy and have a lot of time on our hands. So we started with the five steps on how to tackle loans. And your first step that you shared before the break early in the show was you need to know what you owe. So we'll have the links in the show notes so people can go and actually find out what they owe and maybe even get a credit rating if they haven't had one yet or haven't had one in a while. So let's go through steps two through five. Sure. So I would actually say step two is going to be tangentially related to the loans. It's going to be get an emergency fund. So you want to have an emergency an fund. Emergency of th- fund. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because if, if you don't know how to walk, you know, you can't run, right? So if you're going to figure out how to pay back your loans really well, you need to figure out how to actually budget and know exactly where your money's going. 
I really love this website called youneedabudget.com. It's uh, it's also called YNAB is the acronym for it. And uh, I, I, I like it because I know exactly where my money is going ahead of time every month. And I don't have any unexpected surprises uh, that are, aren't planned for. Okay, now, so you don't have you need you know, a and that this is yeah. all about figuring out where you stand and what where your finances are in the moment. Exactly. You, well, you'll figure out you know what you, know, you can basically make a plan for where your money's going to go ahead of time. Whereas most budgeting apps look at what you already did and try to kind of do a post mortem. You know, whereas it'd be real good to do some preventative care, right? And figure out whether or not, you know, the, you know, the patient's going to die. I'm joking, but you know, Got the, it. the, the, you know, the goal is the goal is you need to have that emergency fund. So I, I suggest really three months of the year expenses. And so what that makes you do is you got to figure out what that month exp- of expenses is, which is good, right? Cause you can't figure out what your number is until you know exactly what you're spending every month. True. So you figure out what you're spending every month. And then you multiply that by, you know, three, three months expenses, and you want to have at least that. And then, you know, you want to at least have a plan to work towards it. I'm not suggesting you ignore your loans until you get to three months expenses. I'm just saying that you need to have a plan for how to get to that three months expenses and pay off your credit card debt. Sure. Kind of first before dealing with the loans. Great. Uh, So hold on. So one was finding out what you owe. Two is coming up with a plan using potentially youneedabudget.com and your services, having an emergency fund with up to three months expenses, which takes knowing what your expenses are and where your money's going. Um, Mm -hmm. So those sound really important. And where do you go from there once you know those big pieces of information? What's next? Well, so third is you're going to need to figure out if you're going for refinancing or forgiveness. Refinance or forgiveness. Okay. So unpack that for us. You can refinance right after you graduate, like if you have loans Mm -hmm. from five different sources? Yes. So for example, um, we can put this link in the show notes, but you you can can refinance. uh, Like, So I'll give you an example why you would refinance. So if you have a 6% interest rate, and you could get a 5% interest rate. You know, you would rather have the lower interest rate if your goal is to pay back your debt in full, right? Right. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a mortgage. You want the lowest interest rate possible. So the government loans have better kind of repayment plan protections and better forbearance, and you can pause payments whenever you want. So that so there, there are some scenarios where you might want to kind of keep your loan with the government and even pay a higher interest rate. You know, if your finances aren't rock solid, I would not refinance. But if your finances are rock solid and you want to pay back your debt and you know that you need to pay it back, then what you can do is basically transfer it to a private lender after applying on online. And then you can get a lower interest rate. And then on top of that, uh, lower interest rate with for you know student loan planner readers, you get generally two hundred to a thousand dollars for refinancing as well. So as a cashback bonus. And I what's see. nice is you can you can do that multiple times. So you can refinance for a ten year loan. And then paid some of it down, and you can refinance again with somebody else and get another bonus. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, a lot of people like doing credit card rewards and travel hacking and that kind of thing. You can do that for your student loans, and and most places retain all of that as their earnings, uh, and you know don't release that to the reader of the website. So nice. my approach, because we have a lot of consulting business, is that I want to make sure that our conflict of interest is very low. You know, so that means if we're not making a lot on the refinancings compared to other sites, then our conflict of interest is less, you know, which means that people hopefully can trust us more. 
So, and, and the only reason I have the refinancing links on the site is because basically because the borrowers are better off because of it, because if they I just see. applied directly to the company, they would get no cashback bonus. Right. So that's refinancing. So refinancing, let me give a, a picture of a nurse that should refinance a uh, nurse that works at HCA that, you know, knows she doesn't qualify for any ref, you know special like state or federal repayment deals. So at a for-profit employer only owes $40,000, that person needs to refinance and cut her interest rate down to, you know, a couple percent or something. That's the person at the private sector. Now the forgiveness person is somebody who tends to owe more than what they earn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to work at one of these federally qualifying health centers or Indian health service or, uh, some other not-for-profit facility, like, you know, maybe, you know, like a giant university hospital system, like UPenn health or, right. you know, Vanderbilt health or something like that. And that person probably needs to see if they're eligible for public service loan forgiveness. So there's a lot of other ones, but the main one is public service loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if, if so, so third step three, right? No, if you, if you know, you need to pay it back, refinance get a lower interest rate and get on the path to full repayment. If you need to go for forgiveness, sign up for the public service loan forgiveness program by sending in your certification form to prove your employment. Right. So I, I do know people who've done that. They've worked on the Navajo reservation out here. They work in federally qualified health centers in the cities or very rural areas or in the city where you've got federally qualified health centers serving underserved populations. So usually it's vulnerable populations that you're working with. Let me just give you a scenario before we move on to step four is I have a friend who works for a federally qualified health center. However, that health center may be going down and like going down, down, like going south. And she is having to find another position. However, she Mm -hmm. may not be able to find a position that fulfills her obligation to HRSA. I think it's called HRSA, right? Yep. HRSA. Yeah. Health Resources and Services Administration. Right. So if she can't find a job that will actually satisfy their requirements, then she has to go back into repayment, right? So someone like that, can they come to you and say, hey, here I am. This is what I owe. This is totally messing me up because my workplace is going out of business and I have nowhere else to go to to get this forgiveness. Can they come to you to try to figure out how to negotiate their payments with HRSA? We would not be able to negotiate with HRSA, but but what we would love to do is if somebody's thinking about different job offers on mm-hmm. the on the front end of that, mm-hmm. like so I'll tell you like as an example, you know, a lot of times people make this decision and and thinking that they have to work for some sort of organization like that to get loan forgiveness when it's not true. So I had a case where somebody was working in one of those federally qualified centers two hours away from her husband, and she did it because she thought she needed to for loan forgiveness. Right. It turns out that that loan forgiveness was totally duplicative and unnecessary for her situation because all she needed was to work at a not-for-profit, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you work at, um, I don't know what the biggest uh, hospital system is in New Mexico, but if you know if you worked at the biggest one that's prestigious, all the rich people go there, uh, you know, it's probably not for profit. You know, your patient population is, is probably obviously varied, but it's, let's say it's, you know, really easy to deal with. There's not a lot of kind of problems that go with the healthcare also, you know, coming from like, you know, maybe like the counseling socioeconomic kind of side of things, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. So, so you can still get loan forgiveness, and in some cases, if you, especially if you have a lot of loans, that public service loan forgiveness program is actually way better 
than the ones for the, you know, Indian Health Service and HRSA programs and those kind of programs. All right. So, you know, like much better. So, so I would say if you have maybe, you know, 40 to 50,000 of debt, or maybe you have less than that, then if you want loan forgiveness, looking into one of those programs like your friend is in would be smart. But if you owe a lot more than that, or if you owe more than 50,000, I would be very, very cautious before accepting a position like that, because you might be doing it when it's totally unnecessary. And then you're making a career decision that you might not otherwise make just for your loans. So what I tell people is, is, figure out what you want to do for your life first and then we'll figure out the loans right so like figure that out first like what career do you want and whatever that career is whatever that life path is we can figure out how to optimize the loans once we know that awesome well she's a nurse practitioner i'm gonna have her call you this week um just to check in so for step four once we've moved past refinance or forgive what's step four also, step four is to make sure everything is is optimized, right? So, so I would say that you need to be contributing to your pre-tax retirement accounts. The reason for that is if you're in a state that has an income tax, you're saving on federal and state income taxes already. So you can also save on your student loan tax, as I call it. So your student loan tax is a 10% of your income tax for most people. Mm-hmm. So say you're in a 24% tax bracket or Let's say you're in just 22% tax, you know, 20 something, right? So that's most nurses that are single are going to be in that marginal tax bracket, I think. Right. So 22 plus, let's say six for state. So you're at 28 and then add 10 for the student loan tax. That's, that's the, the, you know, the income based payment that you're making. So, so a nurse could easily be in a 40% bracket for taxes and not even really realize it. Which is kind of weird because you hear all these stories of like hedge fund managers that are paying, you know, nothing and Amazon's paying nothing. Yet, mm-hmm. you know, a, nur- a nurse could pay, you know, 40% right, of taxes, a nurse who's basically. Saving people's lives and et cetera, et right. cetera. Right. So, so <laughs> that, that's the reason for that is like, prob- one part of it is like the nurse probably doesn't get that expert financial help. Uh, and, and that's kind of messed up because, you know, again, like my mom's a nurse, I've got, my cousin's a nurse, like it's, it's, my dad was a teacher. I was like, service is a big part of, of my family. And I think it's very unfortunate because nurses tend to get, I view it, I view it as get preyed on other people would say different words, but I view they get preyed on by kind of high fee, high commission sort of financial products, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, They're probably the low hanging fruit for these people who might be somewhat predatory who want to, you know, find these, these frightened nurses who are in financial straits and, you know, right. make as much as they can from those negotiations. Right. Well, cause you know, the, the people who want to go for the guaranteed high income people, they go for the physicians, right? There's a lot of competition amongst, you know, ethical and unethical financial advisors for physicians. There's not as much competition out there for the nurses, even though there's a lot more nurses than there are physicians, you know, people tend to want to work as little as possible for as much money as possible. Right. 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 So that's, that's why, uh, you have that problem, but, I see. but then, so, so step four would be optimize your, your situation. So picking the right plan, mm-hmm. filing taxes the right way. If you're married, that's one thing that we have to give advice on sure. is how to optimize that, that if you're married and you don't want your spouse's income to be counted in your repayment. So, so four is optimize and then five, I'm, I'm sure everybody's excited for Drum five, roll, right? Please. Okay. Number five, uh, five is think about your loans once a year. <laughs> once so, a year. So that's, 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 that's a little bit kind of anticlimactic, right? But the reason is if you're going for a loan forgiveness program, you want to submit 
whatever you need to submit, your income certification, your forgiveness stuff, you, you know, the all that stuff, you want to do it at the same time. Like anything you have to do for your loans, you do it once a year at the same time. And that way you don't have to think about your loans more than one time a year. Whew. And then if you, you know, and if you are, if you're, uh, if you refinanced, you're already paying down your loans, then I would say, you know, think about if you, can you find a better interest rate than what you have? Think about that once a year. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that way what's exciting is you can go on and live your life and not have your loans kind of cause this constant state of anxiety that it causes so many of the people that reach out to us. Luckily, like I said, nurses tend to have debt to income ratios that are not the worst. Uh, I've, a lot of our people like veterinarians, chiropractors, their debt to income ratios are over five to one. Oh, so they yes. owe more than, more than five times their income and debt. Absolutely. So a lot of those people, I mean, th- that's the people we get frankly contacting us in some cases or even having, you know, suicidal ideation, mm. unfortunately, uh, because of their debt. Now, you know, so, but, but still any debt is, is going to cause anxiety amongst people. Right. So, so that step five is to just manage that anxiety by thinking about this really good plan you have in place one time a year so that you can focus your mental energy on things that you do enjoy instead of things you don't enjoy, like paying loans, which I've yet to find somebody that enjoys that. (laughs) There's plenty of other fun things to do in life. And I encourage my clients to have fun and experience pleasure and leisure. So we need room for stuff like that because nurses work really hard too. Nurse practitioners, nurses in hospitals, home health, hospice, school nurses, they all work really hard. So this is important stuff, even though a lot of us want to just hide our head in the sand, probably not such a great idea. And I think, you know, as a chartered financial analyst, you'll be like, yeah, the sand is definitely not your happy place unless you're going on vacation. So we've talked about forgiveness. We've talked about the five steps, which I'll outline very briefly in the show notes. Um, And before we wrap up, it sounds like everything you're talking about is what will help a person listening right now, a nurse out there, achieve financial independence because they've made prudent choices, right? Yeah. And what's cool is once you know exactly what to do with your loans, and this applies to people that don't have loans, if you if you save, there's this 10, 30, 50 rule, 10, 30, 50. And what this means is if you save 10% of your income, you will retire in your 60s, right? If you consistently save 10% of your income, you'll, you'll have the freedom to retire in your 60s. You might want to retire sooner than that, right? But you'll have the, the freedom to retire in your 60s. My mom retired mostly because she had to because she kept, you know, having all these issues with she's an OB nurse. So she always get gets kicked and, you know, if it falls yeah. over, over the trips, over the courts, and, you know, when you're in sixties, you, your body can't handle as much of the physical stuff. Now the 10, 30, 50 rule. So the second part of that's the 30 rule, 30% of your income. If you save 30% of your income, you'll have the freedom to retire in your, in your fifties. Okay. Okay. So if that's, if you're interested in kind of a super leisurely retirement whenever you want, early age, you know, that's that's what you could do if you have that kind of level of, of, of savings. Now, 50, now people will start to notice the trend. If you save half of your income as a nurse, then that means that you're on track to retire in your 40s or potentially even your 30s if you're, a very, if you're a very young nurse listening to this. So you can retire like as soon as you graduate. That's awesome. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. it, 
But in, in, all, in, all, in, in all sense of purposes, like I think what a lot of nurses wish is they could do their career, but maybe do it a little, on their own terms or do it a little less or be a little bit more firm in conversations with their ma- their nursing manager, uh-huh. uh, their floor supervisor, just so they could have a better quality of life. Yeah, and those conversations are tough if you're not financially independent. Yeah, and that lack of financial independence is where the desperation and the suicidality and the the like great unhappiness comes when the fit starts to hit the shan and the kids are going to college and you're like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? So if someone out there, let's say as an NP or maybe a doctor of nursing practice, someone who's really like gone for a terminal degree and I don't like the term terminal degree. It sounds like, you know, you're going to die as soon as you graduate, but you get a terminal degree, you owe tons of money. So when you have an overwhelming amount of debt, it's really the same process, right? For the most yeah, part, well, it, it is the same process. It just becomes um, a little bit more complicated. You know, you're talking about bigger numbers, so the room for error is greater. And mm-hmm. so, for that reason, we we tend to pair folks with the more debt with the most experienced, you know, consultants. Not to say that the ones that work with our, you know, zero to two hundred k people are not experienced. It's just I've done probably thousands of plans, so you know, I work with the the most complex cases yeah. and and charge more, and then that way we can. I've freed up the ability for people to get that help for an even better price. And that's well, that was the intent for bringing people on, basically. I see. Um, okay. You know, so, so yeah, but, but DNPs, you know, we, we work with tons of DNPs. And I would say that, you know, the, the numbers are just bigger and the mistakes that can happen are just larger. You sure. know, so if, uh, if I've got a nurse with 60,000, the worst case scenario is they make maybe a, you know, 30 to 20 to $30,000 mistake. Whereas if you're a DNP, you could easily make a, you know, $100,000 mistake. So okay. the the risks are greater. Okay. Now, before we wrap up, we have a couple minutes. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we mention right now? I would just say the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, PSLF, is way more important than I would say 80%, 90% of nurses realize. Public you know, Service Loan Forgiveness. Okay. Forgiveness. I mean, most most nurses... The majority of the nursing profession works in a qualifying employer, and they might not even know. And they might not even know it, right? And this is that. And this is not a. You know, the physicians have two hundred thousand of debt or three hundred thousand of debt, and so they're all talking about this with each other, right? Yeah. It's it's a it's a super big topic of conversation. Whereas a nurse, you know, there's a lot of nurses out there that have zero debt, and there's and there's nurses out there that have twenty or thirty, and they have there's nurses out there that have a hundred. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all over the place because the the cost of the program is so varied, and there's so many different ways that you can become a nurse. Whereas you know, for the med students, it's pretty more standard, cut and dry, and everything. True. Uh, so so I think there's a lot more nurses out there that don't know about this program than physicians, and that's unfortunate because nurses work their tails off and deserve every bit of forgiveness that the physicians are getting. Sure, absolutely. Um, nurses work hard. Physicians work hard. Mean we're serving the public and benefiting the the health of the country or our communities. So yeah, it's it's very important. We don't need nurses and doctors committing suicide over or falling into deep depression over their their financial issues, you know, because they're doing great work in the world and we need them. We don't need massive attrition from these industries, these professions because of money. I mean, but money's I mean, it's a big deal. And, you know, like we said earlier on, it's a complicated world out there these days. So things are, things are intense and 
cost of living's going up. It's income's not keeping pace with cost of living for the most part. So people are scared. Like people have a lot of issues out there and we, you know, people like you can help these individuals. So if someone wants to find you, they go to studentloanplanner.com, right? And is there a, I was on the site earlier, there's a place that they can fill out a contact sheet and send you their information and get a call back, right? Yeah, that well, yeah, we we always answer people uh, via email just because of the volume of, of yeah. plans that we make. We're we're trying to keep costs low, and that's the best way we can do that. Okay, but but yeah, so they can send us an email to help at studentloanplanner.com. One of our team will, will reach out, probably Justin or Lauren, uh, especially. Just make sure you mention the amount of debt you have, so the mm-hmm. right person reaches out to you. But uh, but we'll tell you. I mean, we, like I said, we were talking before we started the recording about you know that we say fifty k to a million dollars in debt as the folks we work with, and we'll work with anybody. But the reason is is that if you only have twenty k in loans, you know, unless there's an obvious forgiveness program like an you know FQHC that you work for, the best thing to do is buckle down and get rid of it. You don't yeah. need anybody to, to yeah, help just with pay that. It off. You know, right. Just get rid of it. Just pay it off. So, so we'll we'll try to tell you if we think that you need our services or not. We're not trying to you know, sign anybody up unnecessarily or something. That's not my goal. That's not in alignment with a purpose mission driven company. Right. No, and I so, don't see you uh, as a predatory organization in any way. Oh, shucks. Well, thank you. <laughs> ah, you're welcome. <laughs> but, so, uh, so studentloanplanner.com is where they can go for most everything, either in yes. either email you at help at studentloanplanner.com yes, or yes, go so, to fill out the contact sheet on your page. Website. Yeah, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of free stuff on the site. I want to be that. clear about too. You know, the PSLF guide is like 40 tips, and we have a calculator, and we've got all these things. So utilize that stuff if you want to do it yourself, and if you don't, we're here to help. Cool. Okay. And then you're also on Facebook.com at Student Loan Plan, and then Twitter is Twitter.com forward slash Student Loan T R A V, which is I guess stands for Travis. So yeah, student so, loan Trav. Okay. Yeah. So so there's some social media, you know, character length issues that prevented us from getting planner on all of those different places. <laughs> Absolutely. And then LinkedIn is LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash student loan planner. So people can yes. find all of that by clicking on the links on your website or just going over to their favorite social media platform to look for you. So Travis, this has been great. This is really awesome brain melting information and also really good for listener out there who is sitting at his desk or her desk in the nursing station and like, oh my God, what do I do now? So this is wonderful. Thank you so much. We're going to make sure everybody gets this information who needs it and then go from there. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Keith. There you have it. Thank you for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. Remember, the show notes for this episode are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 211. I hope you feel uplifted and especially empowered from this episode because Travis shared some great information for you to take some inspired action in the interest of your financial health and your life and career that lie ahead of you. So The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell of the podcastinggroup.com and his amazing team. Social media and promotion are handled by the wonderful Mark Cappy Spiesen. So stay positive, care for yourself and others, 
Take care of your finances and your health, please. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, and keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith signing off from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Travis Hornsby from... St. Louis, Missouri. Beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you, Travis, and we will be in touch, and we'll see you all on the other side. 